Welcome to Wheel to Wheel F1. I'm Noah Hicks, joined by Tanner Hicks and Lance Ellington. And this is an emergency pod, everyone. We got silly season starting early at the beginning of the summer break. In the past 24 hours, just to recap, we've had Fernando Alonso announced as, and maybe that was a little more than 24 hours ago, but we had Fernando Alonso announced as the Aston Martin driver for next year, replacing Seb Vettel, who's retiring. We've had Alpine proceed to announce Oscar Piastri, one of their youth drivers and their current reserve driver as their driver replacement for a Fernando Alonso next year. A couple hours after that, we had Oscar Piastri tweet that it was a falsehood, that he had not signed any contract, and he did not plan to drive for Alpine next year. We've had all kinds of theories today, and it's been really fun. Tanner, since you're our resident Alpine fan, I'll let you weigh in first to uh, how your day's gone, how, how events have unfolded for you, how you doing? So let's talk about some of my feelings from, from top to bottom, from beginning to end. So we're, we're going to start at the beginning. We have Fernando Alonso, after pulling in a solid result at the Hungarian Grand Prix for Alpine, announcing that he will be taking Seb Vettel's spot at Aston Martin for the 2023 season. We don't know the contract details of that, but what everything is understood to mean is that Fernando Alonso could not get a deal done with Alpine because they wouldn't offer him more than a one to two year contract. That second year would be an option year decided by the team so that they could fit Oscar Piastri in at least in 2024 at the very earliest. Um, so, you know, all that to say, Fernando Alonso throwing away winning going forward. I guess he doesn't care about driving a fast car anymore. So that's one thing. <laughs> that's one way to unpack it all. That's how I'm choosing to think about it. It's making me feel better. Um, so that happens. And I'm like, okay, well, fine hopefully soon we'll get an announcement that that Alpine are signing Oscar Piastri who for anybody who isn't aware is a he won the Formula 3 championship in 29 in 2020 as a rookie he won the Formula 2 championship as a rookie in 2021 this year he is taking the year off as Alpine's reserve driver he's been an Alpine junior driver throughout all of this time The only other drivers to have such a great pedigree coming into Formula One include a list like George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris. So it's understood that Oscar Piastri is a generational driver and he's going to be great in Formula One. So I'm like, fine. He might even be better than Fernando Alonso. I'm not even mad. This is going to be fine. And I get the announcement today. I'm thrilled. I'm euphoric even. I'm, I'm saying... I still have Esteban Ocon and Alpine. I'm happy about that. Oscar Piastri is going to lead us to the promised land. We're just, it's all going to be great. And then, you know, it all goes to crap because apparently we we find out, and this was floating around yesterday and I was just praying it wasn't true. We find out that Oscar Piastri has had discussions with McLaren about taking Daniel Ricciardo's spot for uh, 2023 even though Daniel Cardo is under contract for 2023 so Zach Brown 
is working around the clock, talking to literally everybody, talking to IndyCar drivers, leading them along, just making so many empty promises um, to, to even his current driver and Daniel Ricardo, and eventually coming out with the cream of the crop in Oscar Piastri and Alpine is sitting there clutching their pearls saying, well, we lost out on one of the greatest drivers of all time in Fernando Alonso, just to also lose out on a generational young driver now what are we gonna do? I don't know. I'm I'm beyond pissed off. There, that, that that was a lot of feelings, um, and I I feel like I have, haven't even unpacked the half of it. Weird two days, two days into summer break, and all of this has taken place. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know who to blame. There's a lot of blame that's going around. A lot of people upset with different teams and different drivers. I think Otmar from Alpine said he wasn't even aware that Alonzo was in contact or was considering Aston Martin and that he found out over social media. So even taking it back to that point just sounds bad. Then you factor in once that happened, there was rumors that Daniel Ricardo, along with other drivers, had reached out to Alpine and had discussed about that seats or at least inquired or had a conversation. There was those rumors as much as there was rumors about McLaren reaching out to Oscar Piastri. It's a huge rumor mill. There's a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes. Really shouldn't be that surprising when this is the sport of billionaires, as we call it. We should expect a lot of conversations and deals and contracts to come from behind the scenes. I don't know what to expect. Alpine, like you said, they they lost Alonso. It looks like they're losing out on Piastri. Doesn't feel great. Feel like there's almost a trend here over the last few years where they had Daniel Ricardo when it was Renault still, and he had success with them. He did really well in that car, and then he left them for whatever reason. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was to go to McLaren, who he thought would be better, but still was a little fuzzy. And now something similar, roughly, is happening with Fernando Alonso switching to Aston Martin after having success with Alpine, looking like a strong case for a fourth place in the constructors championship this year which i would say is really well done by that team so i nothing really adds up right now and it is silly season no are you able to piece any of this together have it make sense to you all right so i'm, I'm gonna walk through my reasoning for fernando alonso taking seb vettel's seat at aston martin and this might not be his reasons there are plenty of reasons. Tanner already talked about a couple of them. Some of those namely being length of contract, promises, etc. I think, I think that one of the biggest factors that Fernando Alonso used uh, that no one can prove, but he it's, it's kind of proven throughout his career. He's moved teams based on who he thought could win him a championship. And I think Fernando Alonso has spent some time at Alpine. And, and frankly, I think that Alpine will spend a lot of money. As an engine manufacturer, they'll spend mo- more money than most teams. But they're not willing to spend more money than the likes of Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, the other engine manufacturers that might push them over the top. They'll... they'll cut costs in some of those key areas that will keep them in you know around fourth fifth place maybe even third but not winning and i think aston martin has proved that they're 
willing and maybe a or maybe able and also willing to spend top dollar. And I think a contract can prove that too. I think offering a big contract says, Hey, I'm committed to winning. I'm committed to developing a good car, a great car. Even does that mean that Aston Martin's going to be better than Alpine next year? Absolutely not. But that's what I think Fernando Alonso is gambling on um, moving to moving to Aston Martin because you know, as it stands, he's not winning races with Alpine. And I think El Plan must be dead. El, El, El Plan has shifted to, to the James Bond, the British 007 and Aston Martin. I, I don't know if there's any like Antonio Banderas, James Bond vibes here, but, but that's what I'm catching from Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Do we do we get a drive to survive episode where Netflix kind of takes a piss and just names it El Plan and it's just all about what's taking place right now? I'll be disappointed so. if we don't. Yeah, I mean, it would be a huge loss on their end if they choose not to include that, um, because this is one of the biggest storylines of the season. And it yeah, it, they, they have to talk about it. It's such a crazy storyline. Noah, you're out of your mind if you think that Fernando Alonso went to Aston Martin because of the the money part of that, because they have a better, he thinks they might have a better chance at winning. No, he's just looking for self-preservation at this point. He's in his 40s. He's got three or four race years of racing left in him. Um, but Alpine only want to have him for one, and he wants to go for longer. Aston Martin are willing to provide that because they don't care about winning because they keep seating Lance Stroll as one of their drivers. You're telling me that Fernando Alonso signed a deal with a worse team that he knew he would be worse so he could sign a two-year deal rather than a one-year deal? Yes. Nah. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'll say this. I'll say this. A lot of drivers make a switch thinking they're going to some place that's going to have a lot of success, that they're going to be able to continue to compete at the high level. And I hate to do this to the guy, Sebastian Vettel left Red Bull after winning his championships to Ferrari, thinking that would happen. That is on a different scale, but that's where Noah gets some credibility in this and saying Fernando Alonso is the one thinking this. Not saying we're all in agreement that Aston Martin is going to be able to do that, but these are how the drivers think, how they process and so I, I'm giving some credibility there because we've seen it from others. And Alonzo has done it throughout his career, right? He's moved, he's, he's been on what, three, four teams. And I, I think every time he's, he's pushed for those moves because he, he thinks that, that A, it's a new challenge and, and B, I, I think I can win races here. And so, you know, I, I think, I think he likes the idea of Aston Martin. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with Fernando Alonso's team hopping. Fernando Alonso, out of people with his talent in Formula One, is the worst driver in Formula One history at picking teams to go to. He is famous for jumping ship on a team and that team winning a driver's championship the following year. And it's not because they're, you know, Fernando Alonso, great drivers leaving them. It's because he's wrong about his teams. So I'm not saying Alpine's about to win a driver's championship, but 
the man has zero credibility in going to to new better teams. So, so you're telling well, not- me at, at Aston Martin, the grass isn't going to be any greener. No, <laughs> no, I'm not telling you that. <laughs> it's not going to be greener than Alpines, though. Is, is, no, is not once saying. did I say I agree with Fernando Alonso's decision. That's fair. That's fair. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I'm airing out my frustration. I haven't had the ch- a chance to rant about this, and I'm using my platform. No. Fair enough. So, so that's Fernando Alonso. We know that's final. That's what's taking place over at Aston Martin. No going back. The next portion of this that we need to break up a little bit is Oscar Piastri, the Australian generational talent that we have been talking about being compared, as Tanner said, which is a fair comparison to the likes of George Russell, Charles Leclerc, and Lando Norris. Alpine may have messed this up. McLaren may be bringing him to switch with Daniel Ricciardo. Tanner, what are, what are some options for Alpine right now to pair with Esteban Ocon, who showed a lot of promise this year, to, to give a guy right there? He sure has, and under the assumption right now that Oscar Piastri will be partnering with Lando Norris as the McLaren Formula One team for the 2023 season, the number one candidate to join Esteban Ocon is his former teammate at the same team as Daniel Ricciardo, who has struggled like no other uh, this year and certainly at the beginning of last year, too. So I'm not going to go out and say that this gives me incredible source of uh, encouragement. That said, he has shown real success under the Renault name. At the time he left, he came fifth, I believe, if not fourth in the driver's championship in a car that came fourth in the driver's championship. So all that to say, man was putting in some fantastic performances. There is some reason for optimism with that chance. I would say the next most likely option is a driver who is in his rookie year right now, who was an Alpine junior driver, and that is Joe Guan Yu of Alfa Romeo currently. He has not yet re-signed for Alfa Romeo for the 2023 season. And as a former Alpine junior driver, the relationship there is already built. He has had some solid flashes in Formula One this season. And so I could see that coming into play for Alpine coming into the 2023 season. There are a few other options, but they're all kind of pipe dreams. One of those pipe dreams is Piastri saying, no, just kidding. Uh, I've been legalized back into Alpine. That's one pipe dream option. Another pipe dream option is Pierre Gasly foregoing his uh, newly agreed contract with AlphaTauri to join a French team, two French teammates, two former best friends when they were about nine could be Formula One teammates. That's a possibility, but also kind of a pipe dream. Uh, And then one more pipe dream that I just want to bring up, the top Alpine junior driver besides Oscar Piastri right now is Formula Two driver Jack Duhan, who I believe is P7 in the standings right now. It's his rookie year in F2. He put in some very strong results, uh, but it would be a massive leap for him to come into Formula One right now. Well, a lot of options there. I like the idea of Danny Rick going back to Alpine. I I think there's a chance that, you know, he just couldn't make the McLaren car work for him and the Alpine car suits his style better. I I think 
there's there's a solid chance that he's not done and it's just not his style. And, and, and so I don't, I don't hate that Danny Rick idea. I, I like keeping the formula one drivers around that we have. I would love to see Pierre Gasly in an Alpine. I think that'd be cool. Um, unless something seriously crazy happens with alpha Tauri where they potentially get like a new uh, factory team. Um, there, there are rumors out there about Porsche becoming the engine manufacturer for Red Bull. And then, you know, if that happens, there's a chance that Honda rejoins the fray and goes with alpha Tauri. So who knows um, what happens, but if that doesn't happen for a, t- a driver as talented as Pierre Gasly, I'd love for him to kind of take a step up to, to Alpine, to a team that man to, to a team that is the primary engine user. Um of a company this whole situation gives me nba vibes i don't know why it just does we're talking contract issues we're talking guys saying something different from what information is being spread by the team we're seeing contraries we're seeing a little bit of drama that we don't get as much in other sports i feel like and obviously there's nothing that piastri has said that indicates he would sit out if forced to uh to, to follow through on his contract, but he did say the words, I will not be right. Ra- or he did tweet the words that he will not be racing for Alpine next year, which is pretty strong, even though it is through a tweet. That's pretty bold move who PR is or what's happening there. Or if the PR rep is Alpine, that tweet definitely did not go through them. I would be interested to see the Australian switch and see Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. I would be very happy as a McLaren fan. I'm very happy if Daniel Ricciardo comes back. Let me say that. I have no qualms with that. And him finishing out his contract, it is what it is right now. I'm not as uh, urgent to get him out. I'm more worried about keeping Lando. But if we pull in Oscar Piastri, that would make me feel very good about the team moving forward. Be interesting to rate that driver pairing compared to others. There's some speculation there. I think it would be very, very strong. And then on the flip side, Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon, I I don't know. I feel like they would be competing closer with Alfa Romeo this year than what they've been able to do this year based off of how the drivers are, right? I don't think they would be fourth place in the Constructors' Championship if they had Daniel Ricciardo. I can say that pretty certainly. So, interesting. I want Danny Rick in the sport. I hope the situation doesn't come out that way. I'm sure he will be in Formula One next year, whether that's still with McLaren, Alpine, or something even crazier happens. But I think those are some fair options, Tanner, that you laid out for us. Yep, a lot of interesting ones. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to feel better about all of this. Um, There's no way to feel good about all of this. I guess one uh consolation prize is it is always a transition period for any driver uh to come into formula one it usually takes them a year or two to to fully you know start driving at their highest potential like a lando norris he was behind carlos Sainz when they were both at mclaren um so maybe if piastri came in straight into a competitive team like mclaren or alpine he would struggle for the first year i don't know that's not a consolation prize i I don't want to wish wish against Oscar Piastri, but I don't know, man, it's a, it's a crazy situation. It's, it's a crazy situation. It's been, it's bungled business. 
Um, I hope business schools take this and say, hey, PR people, this is this is not how you operate. This is an absolute disaster class. And uh, this is a, a very good example of what not to do. Yep. Well, I think we've kind of covered, you know, our, our initial reactions to uh, to this, but we will be recording a full silly season episode, kind of looking at team team projections for next year. What might happen with driver lineups? Who still has a contract they need to sign or or, or potential rookies? That'll be coming soon. Lance, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for a for our closing since I I bungle that consistently. Yeah. The the one thing that I'm thinking about here. And we can talk about it maybe on the silly season episode, which will come out next week. It's contracts and understanding a little bit how these Formula One contracts work. I understand being a reserve driver, there's that commitment there. But if a different team is willing to come in and give you more money, or if a team is willing to buy out their current driver to put themselves in a better position, I don't fully see what is wrong with that especially in a sport like Formula One, which does function a lot different from others. So that's something we'll probably have to dive in. Maybe we'll do a little bit of research on and understand how these contracts work with the reserve drivers and the buyout processes for replacing a current driver. But appreciate you guys listening to the reaction. And that's really it. That's going to be the checkered flag for today. We'll see you next time on the Wheel to Wheel F1 podcast.